0: in three, two, one. Government have been trying to say this has been unpredictable, but they need to be more creative and ambitious than
5: that. I've had to go and set up a petition to try and get this over the line. I brought it to our minister. I brought it
0: to the department. Nobody is listening. Can we just talk?
5: Call 0818
0: 96 96 96.
4: Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96.
0: Email opinion at 96fm.ie.
4: This is the Opinion Line with people DJ Coogan
0: on Cork's 96
6: FM. Another round of the Cash Cow coming up later on this morning on the opinion line. Just when you think, my friends, that you've heard every, ah, lads story from Ryanair, they come up with another one. I mean, you know the way you've kind of heard, ah, come here now, lads. You've heard everyone. No, you haven't. New story for you. It goes into that category. Also, a woman who waited four hours, four hours, for an ambulance last weekend. And good news from Kill Britain because of that news that broke last evening with regard to their early intervention class. Uh, we'll be catching up with the school The Lord Mayor, of course, the story of Ukraine still dominating our news, still dominating our newspapers, still dominating the television and radio, and will, I suspect, continue to do so for quite some time. The Lord Mayor is calling on people to join him in showing solidarity with the people of Ukraine gathering at Bishop Lucy Park at 12 o'clock. Moray Tui will be there and we'll be catching up just before the end of the show. But we were keeping tabs on her yesterday and I told you when we were finishing up that Vika could see the border. She could actually see it in front of her and she got across the border just a few minutes after the opinion line was over and Vika you you stayed in a hotel overnight where are you now good morning to you
7: good morning yeah we stay in a small hotel it's kind of B&B so we found just uh, accidentally on the street we saw the sign we asked and um, actually my boyfriend he's Polish he's in uh, Ireland now so he is kind of uh, 24-7 assistant for us he is calling and uh, talking uh, Uh, with all the people here because uh, they don't understand English and this is actually very hard and they don't speak Ukrainian, it's very similar languages but hard to explain what we need, what we want so he's calling and yeah, we stay in a small hotel, we stay there overnight, we had breakfast and now we're rested and ready to move forward, so now we're on the way to Warsaw, but first we will go to my boyfriend's family. They waiting for us all these days. They worrying, they texting us, they organizing people for help here in Poland, for some food, for some clothes, for some toys for kids. So yeah, now we are on the way to, to the family. To to see them.
6: This is fantastic news, Vika. We're so thrilled for you. As as we were, we were keeping in touch all morning yesterday morning with, with how you were doing. Yeah. Describe for me, if you can, the moment that you realized we're true.
7: So um, we were, as you know, we were three or four days waiting to cross this border. So it was only twenty kilometers till the, to the border. But these thousands of cars, and it was moving very slow. So in three, four days, we did uh, 20 kilometers. And then when we already saw this border, we couldn't believe. We thought that it's only one border. And, you know, in our head, it was that probably that's Ukrainian. And after there is another one, it will be Polish border. So uh, our car went in. They checked our passport once. Then there was a few cars in front of us. We were driving, driving. Then they took our passports once again. They checked them. And that's it. They said, that's it. You can move out. And we were like, okay, And was it just Ukrainian? And they said, no, no. So they're actually all together. Uh, We were thinking that they separate borders. But no, it's only one. And all these people working, Polish and Ukrainians together. And it took us less than one hour to cross it. So it's actually very quick and they're doing great. Even these uh, uh, militaries or who, how to call them, who are working on the border, they're asking do you want some water or coffee? So they're very nice to people. They're very friendly, they're very supportive. It was very, very good feeling, you know. You're feeling much safer when you already, already inside. Like when you pass this gate, you feel already much better.
6: Yeah. Was there a feeling, Vika, in your body that Oh, God, I'm safe now.
7: I think I still don't have this completely, you know. I feel better and better. Like every kilometer we're moving, I feel better because uh, watching all the news, talking with all the family who's still there, who don't have chance to run away. It's my brother with his family. It's my friends' parents. It's uh, like all our close family, you know, and all our friends. they sending us these videos and and uh, this uh, horrible horrible things happen in there so we cannot feel safe still and I think that until we have family there, we will not feel hundred percent happy and and calm. You know what I mean. Are, but, are
6: there people but, still in a queue? Like the, as you came through that queue, you said it took three or four days. There's still a queue behind you, stretching oh, back. Oh, of
7: course, of course. It's uh, new people coming, coming, coming. So someone crossed, someone came, new, new. I'm telling you, it's thousands of cars there, and it's only women and children. Uh, my friend, um, another friend, they were driving behind us, so uh, he was.
6: Um oh, oh God. I just hope she's okay. Um, they were driving. Obviously, someone else driving the car. They're on their way to Warsaw. See if we can reestablish that connection there, Fiona, with, with Vika. I'll give you back the line. See if we can't get her back up to just chat uh, with her. But they're over. They're in. Uh, they're driving to Warsaw. And then they'll meet They'll meet her boyfriend's family on the way. I think she's back. Vika, you there?
7: Yes I'm sorry something something happened it disconnected. not at all,
6: not at all, so there's thousands so, of people still queuing up for that border to get over
7: yeah, yeah, it's thousands of people, and mostly it's women with children, as I started telling you that um another family was driving behind us, so he he was driving father was driving with six years old daughter, and he was hoping that they would let him out, but no he didn't they didn't let him out no. they they brought him back.
6: What about his little girl?
7: Uh, the, her father. So the mother was driving few cars behind them. So the girl see to mother's car, and uh, I don't know if if there were no other family. I think they just taking these children and giving to others. You know, because when we was on the border, this uh, military came to us and he asked, "Can you take children to your car? Like some someone's children." We said that uh, we're not driving more, that we're staying in the first town, so we can take her to this uh, town with us, to this hotel. And they said, no, no, she needs to go to, to big cities, to Warsaw, to, uh, to mm, I don't remember the name of the other one.
6: So, so they have to send, Trouble, Trouble. So, so if if a man arrives with his children, they're letting the yeah. children through and sending him back?
7: Yeah, 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 that's what's happening. they just giving these children to some random people who cross the border to other women, and they don't let men out in no way, no.
6: And when you get across then, do you just keep driving? Like, is there a, when you've been through with your passport and and they've sent you, waved you on, do you just keep driving? Is there a post? Yeah. So, yeah.
7: No, no, we just uh, keep driving, we put on Google Map a hotel, and the first hotel that we saw on Google Map, the first is town, uh, we just drive uh, into and stay, stay, yeah.
6: And when you got to the hotel then, there's a welcome from the people?
7: It's actually, you know, some people, they're very helpful, they're giving you everything, they're giving you food for free, but... Some places they charge you a few times more. Like yeah. uh, this uh, man where we stay, he charged us 50 euros. Uh, for three-bedroom, three-bed, uh, very small room. For us, it was okay because, you know, a lot of people helped me and they sent me some money because I was not prepared for this kind of trip, you know. I didn't have even for patrol, like, sure, uh, so sure. they were sending, like, someone sent one euro, someone sent five euro, so we had money for uh, for this hotel, for breakfast, and now when the, when our friend came with her 6 years old daughter the same man said 100 euros for the same room
6: oh yeah there's a bit of that and going
7: on. Uh, my but boyfriend again he called him and said that no they run away they don't have money like this like what you're talking about and then he said okay so 50 euros so some people they're very helpful they're giving you everything they're crying they're supporting you but the others they want to make money you know it's it's like always always like I suppose like this.
6: so Vika but I, I guess after sleeping in a car for five days uh, it must have yeah. been just so nice to to get a place to lie down properly and have a shower and get some sleep
7: of course of course we were so happy so Stretch our legs, and you know, we we went to sleep yesterday around 5 p.m. probably, and we woke up today at 8. We were sleeping all day, all night.
6: You're really tired. So, when, when so it's, it's, you're gonna see your boyfriend's family now, and then what's his name, by the way, Vika?
7: My boyfriend's name is Maciek. Okay. If he's listening, so big hi to him.
6: <laughs> Good, you're gonna see, you're gonna see Maciek's family, and then have you got, have you, have you organized flights, or what's the story?
7: Not yet, because you see my friend, she still don't know if she will go with me or she will stay here, because for them it's a very big uh, decision. They need to change life completely. So she said, what if war will finish in a few weeks and I can come back home? Because she basically, she has only one luggage with a few truck suits and this it. All her life is there, you know. And for them it's very hard to make decisions and to fly to- over to Ireland. It's very far away. So here at least it's... Uh, much closer to family, to those who who, who are still there, and she, she still don't know. So and that's you, why I'm not... buying it.
6: You're going to stay yeah. with them to help them through? Is that what you're going to do?
7: Yeah, yeah. At least for one, two days, I will stay here now in my boyfriend's uh, house. Uh, we will stay there. We will be surrounded by, uh, you know, by family. We will come down and then she will decide. If she is staying here, so I'm flying back. If she is coming with me, so anyway, I will let you know because a lot of people uh, call calling, texting me as well that they want to help her, they want to support. Even one lady, she offers house for free, no need to pay rent. She just wants to help somehow, you know, to to people who are in this situation
6: now. Yeah, isn't, it, isn't it wonderful the way people are just queuing up to try to help? I tell you, Maciej, if you're listening, you've got some keeper there. Vicky, you're some woman for one woman. And thank you for being with us over the last couple of days and sharing your experience with us. And we're so relieved and so happy that you're through and you're safe. So take care of yourself, take care of your friends and, and you safe, very, very safe much, journey wherever yeah. you go. Vika, take care. Take care
8: now. Thank
6: you. Bye. Cheers. That's Vika. Uh, she's in Poland now. She's safe. Vika from Nails by Vika and Balan That's her business, and she's going to hang around now to see what her friend wants to do because her friend has left everything, everything behind her in Ukraine. Going to see what she can do for her, and then if in a few days. Uh, it's okay to come to Cork then she will come to Cork 0818 96 96 96 there's three back for you Fiona there's some more collection points lots of people still organising collections and collection points could you please add me to the collection list uh, Miss Curly's Boutique Hair Salon We're on Facebook and on the Instagram Curly, yeah, Cur, Curly Kistler on Instagram, thanks for that yeah, if that list, if the link is there Fergal, to that list we did yesterday you might throw it up for me and we can keep mentioning where people can bring stuff, because trust me, we're inundated with offers, and I know that yesterday, and they were on the news yesterday evening, that the Red Cross people would prefer we just sent cash, let them get the cash and they'll do the management and all of that, but people still want to send stuff so, if cash is your thing, let's go for it. But if you need stuff, then send stuff and we'll tell you where you can send it. Oh, 0818 96, 96, 96. Can we
4: just talk? The opinion line on Cork's 96FM. With
0: McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie.
9: The Premier League Live, powered by Talk Sport. Join me, Trevor Welch, exclusively online at 96FM.ie.
0: Tune in Saturdays as we ramp up the excitement for the day's biggest games. We'll bring you pre match analysis, live commentary, and in depth interviews with some legends of the sport. Number one that's
3: yeah, top the league.
9: The Premier League Live.
0: With now stream live Premier League action with a Now Sports or Sports Extra membership.
9: Listen every Saturday exclusively online at 96fm.ie or download the Corks 96fm app.
6: Corks 96fm. Now you may have seen or heard the story of the couple who went into pennies in Wilton after collecting as much money as they could get their hands on. They went all into pennies in Wilton and they spent 1,200 quid on On underwear, socks, pyjamas, that kind of stuff for women and children uh, with a view to bringing it over to Poland to meet people coming in over the border from Ukraine and help them as best they could. You'll have seen that story. It was a great story. Uh, Karina, that's you. You and your partner went and did that. You're in Poland now, but you had a bit of an adventure with Ryanair on the way. Good morning.
10: Hi, PJ. How are you? Yes, yes, I am. I made it uh, home, self safe. Good. And, uh,
6: good. What happened to you?
10: So, what happened? Uh, I booked two bags because you know there was a big. It was carloads of stuff. Uh, so, I booked. I had two twenty kilos back booked, uh, which cost forty five euros each. Unfortunately. And then when we packed everything, because, you know, it was such a bulk, we had to pack it in kind of canvas bag. So there was one bag, it was over five kilos maybe, you know, Yeah. over the 40. And what happened next? I said, you know, I have to contact them. Maybe they can just let me take it without paying another 45 euros, because obviously, you know, that money can be used here for, for, you know, buying food or whatever, what they need on grant.
6: You were five kilos over, in other
11: words. Yeah,
10: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, the agent, you know, was no, and I pleaded and I said, look, I used to work in call center, I know you have like book, you know, training book, but maybe you can talk to somebody, a manager or somebody. And I said, you know, just explain what's what's the situation maybe, you know, and he said, no, thank you, bye. So (laughs) that was it. So then I contacted Cork Airport, but that was because, see, time was really against me because this was all organized on Saturday and I was flying Tuesday evening. So I got to Cork Airport in the morning on Tuesday and I sent email explaining again and I said, maybe the services on the, on the ground can help. And uh, when I went to check in around five o'clock, the flight was seven o'clock, so I went early to just check. They said, oh yeah, we heard about this, but we emailed, our manager emailed Ryanair and we are waiting for response. So I waited kind of to check in another, another I don't know, hour, but they didn't get the response. So I did pay for the bag, but they were very good because I checked it in as a 10 kilo. So it was a bit less charge, but you know. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> you know.
6: Yeah. Ryanair issued a statement to the news website, Cork bio and they said... Uh, it, If we are pre-notified by a charity in advance, our customer service team can arrange an exemption and potentially waive carriages, or charges rather. Our ground teams would not be in a position to waive such charges if only advised by the passenger at the airport. Now, you know what, that's their rules, but you would think, wouldn't you, they could have been a bit more flexible.
10: Besides, you know, it was 24 hours before I went to them. I didn't ask them in the airport, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I did contact the the chat agent and, you know, that I did what I could like, you know, so it wasn't like I was on the ground already and I was asking them to check in for free. Like, you know, it yeah. was a bit of notice as much as I could because, you know, of this course. was all happening very fast. Of you know? course,
6: of course. So where are you now, Karina? And and wh-
10: I, I'm, I'm north of Poland. So I'm uh, I actually because the, I have had a bit of drive on this side. So I arrived here around two in, in the morning. And uh, when I finish with you, we'll be dropping the bags to this local charity. There is a lady, see, because I knew from Facebook groups, the response in Poland is absolutely amazing. Yeah. People donating, but the problem is with those donations, they are donating, you know, clothes. They already have too many, too, too much, you know, they have too many clothes, but something like underwear, socks, whatever it's, you know, people don't donate that because, you know, of sure. the nature of the thing. Sure. Sure. So I kind of you know I got this idea because I was thinking all the time like everybody I think what can I do to help so uh, yeah so I'll be dropping it over to her and I have a bit of cash all cash over so then I'll ask her what's needed and I'll buy it here okay. And um,
6: Twelve hundred euros goes a long way in pennies, Karina. Oh <laughs> well,
12: yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> you yeah,
6: nearly buy you could like, nearly buy a shop. For, for, yeah. For, like, I, yeah. Stay there, Karina, because uh, your other half, Peter, is still here in Cork, and he joins me. I hope you can hear one another. Hi, Peter.
5: Uh, hi, PJ. How are you? I'm Did good. You just, just to, bit, just to clarify, just to clarify, had a letter from the local chamber of commerce, and we must thank them for that. Actually. Uh, they gave us a letter saying that it was for a charity. Right. Do you know what I mean? So, to say no, or we, if we didn't, we knew about it, it would have been different. That is not the case. They did know. They did have a letter. And, and when the did they
6: church. get that letter, Peter?
5: They, it, would, it would have been sh- shortly before now. It would have been within 24 hours. Because Carina's visit was planned prior to all this happening. Do you know what I mean? It just happened that she said, boy, am I travelling empty when I can bring somebody with me? I see. I see. Do you know what I mean? So, But it, it, they did have prayer notice. And I think their whole... Customer service was sadly lacking, to be honest. Yeah, you know, the the line that was used would be unfair on other passengers.
6: Yeah, I don't think other passengers would have given two hoots under the circumstances. No. Do you?
5: No, no, definitely not. Yeah,
6: yeah. So how how long will you guys be apart now? How long are you going to be there for, Karina?
10: I'll be there for. A, I'll be here for a week. And, uh, well, if they decide to refund all the luggage, I'll use that money as well. You know, there was like all the altogether, I think the charges for the bags were 125 euros. If they can do a goodwill gesture and refund it, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll get that money here and I'll just use it for what's needed the most.
6: Yeah, yeah. You're very proud of her, Peter. Hears.
5: Still, very yeah. proud of her, it. exactly. It's something that we, when we started, we thought we got 200 euros. We've been very happy, like,
6: yeah. Tell remind mm-hmm. us again how you gathered all the money.
10: Well
5: you
10: know, so sorry. Yeah, so I, I kind of got the idea. I posted it first on Facebook for my friends and family. And then somebody said post it on local group in Cove. I wanted to say big thanks to people of Cove and all my friends' family because people were amazing. Like I raised within twenty-four hours, it was thirteen bit over thirteen hundred. Okay. And then, you know, and then I said, you know, like I was working Saturday, so we went, the kids, Peter, Peter myself, we went to Penny's, uh, thank, big thanks to Penny's as well, Wilton, because there was a manager and she, when she heard it, she just pushed us through the queue and we had a checkout there to ready to, you know, scan everything through. So, you know, people are really good, like, you know, they are helping Cork people.
6: Yeah, yeah, Peter. The response locally has been really great, isn't it? It, it, it does show up, and I, I know, you know, being 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 married to a Karina, you, you you understand this better than better than most. The friendship between our peoples in the last week. I don't think we realised how close it was, did we?
5: Well, definitely, and it goes back to your thinking. You know, you remember all the all in Poland for the matches. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But PJ, just give you, we, I went into one of the local shops with a tin totally naively because I didn't know you have to have a license to put it in, and in a shop for the Ukraine or for any other charity Like, but the shopkeeper behind the counter said to me look Peter I can't put it in because you know you have to have a license from the guards so I said Damn, no problem but he said look I'll give you 100 euros before I actually left that shop I had 220 euros plus stock Crikey wow and yeah. that was just one of one the shops in town yeah yes yeah. But-
6: Kindness is 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 amazing. It's absolutely amazing.
10: It is. It is. PJ, can I say just one more thing? You of know, while well, you yeah. basically, I know everybody is at the moment. You know, there is a big rise in help, whatever. But I would suggest anybody in Ireland who is doing collections or you know collecting food or whatever, they should really try to coordinate the efforts also with Polish government or local charities. There is Polish humanitarian action, because at the moment. We want to avoid what the Red Cross costs, uh, you know, calls a second disaster because we have, I think, enough clothes. But yeah. then there are other things needed. So, sending, you know, like containers of clothes from Ireland, I know everybody wants to donate, but you know, it's not might not help, and then they might end up being not used. Yes. While yeah. there are other things which are really needed. Yes. I mean, Poland people in Poland private people, like, offering their own, like, you know, uh, apartments, you know, rooms or whatever. They are taking people. There's 460,000 refugees, uh, uh, women and children and elderly people uh, registered as of yesterday. Mm -hmm. So they are taking them, but there will be, you know, those kids, those whatever, the local uh, local councils are fantastic. They are coordinating already because they will need school, those children. They will need to provide uh, psychological help. So, you know, it's not only food... And shelter. There's a lot of other needs, so I would really suggest that whoever, whatever charity does it on the ground here in Ireland,
12: mm-hmm.
10: to uh, coordinate. Maybe okay. you know, just check, reach out and check what's needed. Yeah, you know. So
6: I think that will eventually yeah. happen because people tend to just yeah. they just come out in droves for the first while, and then someone rises up yeah. and said, "I'll sort it it all out." Um, and, and Peter. There are many people in the Polish and Ukrainian community here in Cork just clubbing together to see what can be done. Um, Guys, when will you see each other again? About a week's time?
10: Tuesday, (laughs) next week, yeah.
6: Okay. All right, (laughs) listen. Uh, Well done to you both. To you, Karina, for getting all the way over there with the stuff. And to you, Peter, uh, for for supporting the effort. And look, (laughs) Ryanair lads, lads, lads I mean, we thought we'd hit every other ah, Jesus, story with Ryanair but if anybody is listening that has a bit of poke with Ryanair if you've ever read a book called The Little Book of Mick, by the way it'll tell you an awful lot about how things work at Ryanair Little Book of Mick, you'll pick it up in bookshops for a couple of quid very funny actually it's very funny, it's infuriating but it's very funny but if anybody knows how they might get that money back that Ryanair took for extra luggage when there were five kilograms over and they had a letter and Ryanair had been said, ah dad you just want to sometimes just put your head in your hands other good news do you remember little Leonid we were talking to his grand aunt yesterday they just and to his mom as well they just arrived from Ukraine to Bally the Hub and Leonid is five and he was supposed to have bone marrow transplant treatment in Kyiv on the 10th of March and because of the war that got cancelled and they were told get out, go, just get out and they got their way to the border and they got over here and they arrived yesterday or early yesterday morning just exhausted and frightened and Leonid was seen by a doctor yesterday and I can tell you now that he is being welcomed with open arms in, in the Mercy... Well, where else, lads? Welcome to this morning with open arms into the Mercy Hospital to begin some treatment. There you go. 0818 96 96 96. You'd be proud to be Cork, wouldn't you? You'd be proud out.
12: Can we just talk?
6: The Opinion Line on Cork's
4: 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance
0: Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. cmig.ie Whatever sport
9: you support, we want you to grab that jersey and stick it on for Radiothon.
0: Stick it on for Radiothon. It's been 96FM Giving for Living radiophone returns in May, and
9: this year, Friday, May 27th, is Jersey Day.
0: We want you to hold a Jersey Day. Hold a Jersey Day. Get together with family, friends, or colleagues, and wear your favourite jersey to raise funds for Cork Cancer Services. For more, see 96FM.ie.
9: The 2022 Giving for Living Radio Pod returns May 26th to 28th only on Cork's 96FM.
6: Does anybody know why traffic in Cork seems to be so utterly bonkers this morning? Uh, the Southlink inbound has been backed up all the way to Tremor Valley Park. There has been an accident or what, or is it the weather or what? But the traffic in the city this morning is bonkers. Some, <laughs> some wisecracker was saying that it's people queuing for ashes for Ash Wednesday. That'll be the day, wouldn't it? 0818 96 96, 96. Now, Catherine Mahan Buckley, you got in contact with us because there are some families, Ukrainian families involved in, in, in Kada and you want to help them. Good morning.
13: Good morning, our shining light. That's all you are, you're, our shining light. Um, I, I, I did because I spoke with one of the families on Saturday and to be honest with you, PJ, when I heard the stories, I just, it was like a horror story. It was a little bit, I suppose it brought it back to when the COVID started and the lockdown in residence and I suppose I was very emotional about that. But these people are our families as well. Some of them are in the academy for the last 10 years. And I just felt I needed to do something. And I said to them, is there anything we can do? And she said, if you can get us men's clothes, women's clothes, sleeping bags, blankets. And then we just put it into action. Because, you know, on Monday then I met another family and they came in and we were crying. They were crying. They were crying so much. The mother was crying so much. And I, I, the, the teachers were crying. I was crying. We were just hugging each other. Mm. And then her husband is very much involved. And I had I had text all my friends as well. They had brought in the bags on, on Sat Sunday, and the, he came in took them at seven o'clock and then sends me a picture to say they arrived. So I suppose, you know, we're just doing our little bit like everybody else in Cork is doing it. But I suppose what I realized is these are human beings Mm. suffering. And, you know, when you think about it, you know, PJ, it would take your breath away. If you you now just had to take up and leave your home with nothing but a bag Mm. and leave your son, how would you feel about it? Yeah. You know, and you think, oh, my God. And I, I think my mom's words have come true. She's always said there will always be a Hitler. Always beware. And I yeah. think that's so true. Yeah. It's so true, and yeah, like it's the suffering. It's you know, like Putin is sitting in his grand gold, surrounded by his gold, not being touched. The the leaders are out there, but young men, young boys, and I suppose I looked at these three. We have three little Ukrainian boys now, and to hear them, I thought one of them is only nine, and they're aware there is a war. And I we we just kept saying to them, "We're going to mind you. You're going to be safe. Nobody's going to." to harm you because we love you so much. And he just said, but you don't look at the Ukraine news. You get the truth there. And I went, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, a nine-year-old having that frame of mind. So, do you know, uh, like... uh, I, I just feel, you know, they these people have come to Ireland and all they want to do is they want the best for their children. Yeah. Like, you know, you want the best for your children and they give them a lovely life. We're part, and I said it to them, you are part of a family. And one of the mothers said to me, I'm from the West. My husband is from the East. We fell in love 17 years ago. We have our three beautiful children. And I said, you hold on to that yeah. because love will bring you through. That's yeah. all.
6: Thanks, Catherine. It's it's a tough time, but I know that you've got a huge collection together. That's Sir Catherine Mahan-Buckley from CADA. And the Everyman and Pantomime Time, and we've had many a happy conversation with Catherine, but they got together with those Ukrainian families that are going to the academy over the weekend to get stuff. Stuff. Actually, I was just looking it up there. I was half sure of it, but I now I know. Revolut, and God, there's thousands of us using Revolut these days, it's one of the handiest things and there's lots of other different similar providers but Revolut have set up a button on the app so when you open up, if you want to send a cash donation to the Red Cross uh, Revolut have set up a button to do that for you 0818 96 96 96 Now, Christy O'Donovan is with Cork City Search and Rescue Christy, good morning Hi, PJ? How are you getting on? Good, good. Tell me, first of all, about this new van of yours.
3: Well, PJ, we were able to purchase a, a, a new van uh, with, um, with the help of the people of Cork, and we, we, that van is due for delivery in the next two weeks. Brilliant. So what we're looking for in is, is help in the, the cost of kitting it out. So the van is at the cost of 35000 We have prices anywhere from 15, $10,000 10, 15000 to kit it out. So, what's what to, to
6: be done, Christy?
3: Well, it needs to be sign written and it needs to be shelved out and inside just need to be chitted out, you know?
6: Yeah, yeah. And there's lots of sign writing companies around. Well, there of is, the, there yeah,
3: is.
6: You're hoping that someone will come through and give you a good deal. Cause yes, absolutely, absolutely. The, 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 less, of, the, 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 the less of your hard earned fundraised cash you need to spend on this, the better.
3: Absolutely, PJ, you know our farm that if you do give us a euro, we'll stretch it out to make it four euros. Yeah. You know, we don't does we, every penny we get goes towards helping people that need
6: us. So, yeah. if, so if someone wants to help, they can contact us and we'll put them in touch with you. Or is For there an, a, a, is there a more direct way they can do that?
3: Well, they can contact us through our through our Facebook page on Messenger or they can contact us by the phone, our phone number, the missing person's phone number on our Facebook page as well. Okay. Or you have my number there, you can pass it on. Okay, pass it on if anybody wants to well.
6: help out with things like sign writing for a new van or indeed kitting out the interior of the van so it can be used for the incredible work that you guys do. Now, you're getting involved in the rescue effort as well, I think on a personal level here.
3: Yeah, I am, my background is, is, is in humanitarian, a little bit in Bosnia. If you type it in Bosnia, Chernobyl and... Possible, um, so when this we, we were watching, we were following this on the news and I was speaking to Katrina and Penny Dinners as this was developing in Ukraine, and you could pretty much see that this whole thing was going to break out. So we started to make preparations maybe a fortnight ago, and sadly it's come to it's come to a war and in, in all the victims of war, are obviously the innocents in the war. So we've organised to get um, we have organised four high roof vans, so we'd be taking about ten tons of humanitarian aid out to the to uh, and Tarnov on the Polish-Ukrainian border. But when we get there, we want to be able to we take out the stuff we, we're taking out. But we'll be happy to transport stuff the if anyone has stuff to go out there. We transport that free charge. So there's no there's no cost. So mm. um, so we're looking for we're, we're looking for pretty much like we we know that there's a lot. Of, we're in touch with the with the with Order in Ukraine. And they're telling us what what what's, what's required. So we, we everyone's seen the images I mean, of, of of women and children coming over the border on their own, pretty much with, with what they have on their backs and stuff. So we're looking for targeted stuff, uh, baby food, non-perishable ladies' sanitary stuff, pseudo-cream, Vaseline, sleeping bags, soups, any kind of first aid supplies. We're looking for a baby clothes, fleece lined, preferably because it's absolutely freezing outside there. Mm. Uh, blankets, hats, scarves, thermal gloves, thermal underwear, fleece baby clothes, palisade, my calpal, iodine, any kind of generic antibiotics no. cough bottles and mouth bars and, and snickers just purely for energy and yeah. um, we'll obviously bring up sweets and stuff for the kids but they're the most important things. and vacuum bags PJ yeah. it, it sounds like ridiculous but the vacuum bags will allow us to put three sleeping bags in one bag and we can suck it down and we can, yeah. we're can going to load the van to the roof so okay. the, like I said so
6: now it's a few days drive at least to get there and that's where people sharing the driving so when do you plan or hope to leave Christy?
3: We're hoping to leave on Wednesday from Ross go straight into France, and we'll go non-stop. That's this day week? We'll, yeah, we're going to go uh, this day week. We're going to um, double-man the vans driver-wise, and we're going to head across a few of our volunteers in Fairnestown. When I was talking to Katrina, we were just chatting, and one lad that I was away with before, uh, he he used to walk in Mudgegay, so I was I was talking to him, and he said he'd be interested. In it, and then the word got out that we were going to maybe, the first plan was to take one van, then it turned into two, now we're at four, and possibly a 50. Oh my because goodness, there's an orphanage yeah. out there, have been in contact with us as well, and they want to know could we bring a van or the stuff over them. Yeah. Again, it'll be all targeted stuff, P.J. As sure. I, I think that lady was speaking to there from the Ukraine, who just got in over the border, yeah. said it that like there's there's, there's, there's mountains of close out there. So what we're doing, the reason we're taking vans, we could have got astics, there would be an issue, but we're taking vans because we can target it. We can go to anywhere, wherever sure. they, wherever sure. they need it, we can be yeah. targeted. So that's why we're working with them to all and stuff, you know. Yeah, you mentioned
6: the orphanages. There was a report on BBC over the last couple of days that there's going there's going to be be a huge humanitarian crisis in the fullness of time in the orphanages because any of their supplies now will dry up as people trying to send supplies to the front and supplies to people queuing for the border and stuff, supplies to the orphanages could dry up. So that's another Absolutely. humanitarian crisis. That's it happening.
3: is. So sure, the whole thing. I think next week by the numbers we have now we say was about six hundred fifty thousand yesterday. I've seen I've seen it in Bosnia, so the numbers were just I'm going to grow exponentially as, as it gets worse and, worse and worse and worse. Because, as you can see, the guns are being torn on the civilians now under they are the bombs and all these other things that are thrown at them. You know, and I've seen all those things. You know, you fired I've been in war zones and stuff, and I've seen all those things. Walking, yeah. it's just horrendous. Like the damage the, they do is horrendous.
6: This is a personal effort on behalf of you and your colleagues to do this. But it where is. can they contact you if they want to put stuff so, into a van or whatever?
3: So you have my phone number, PG. You can give them that. So we we were. um Katrina, she she on to bishop. Um, Bishop Finton and Gavin and he and, and Father John in the North Chapel and Father Michael there in the Cocktail Diocesan office. And they've allowed us to uh, use the visitor centre above in the North Cathedral for collection. So what we're going to do is we're going to start on Friday Friday morning. We're going to start collecting on Friday morning so we can condense it all in as little time as possible to collect the Friday. So we, we'll be available there at um, 10 o'clock Friday morning and 4 o'clock Friday evening. And alternatively, they can drop stuff into... Independent in dinners on Hanover Street and Katrina's will 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 transport it from their their, their um, place inside Hanover Street directly to, to the offices, offices as well. So we're, we, so it, it'll be um or to the to the visitor centre okay. above in the North Cathedral and PJ. If anyone out there can sponsor the diesel, we're not going to charge anyone for anything. So if people want it shipped out, we'll ship it out. There's no costs, no nothing. We'll ship it out. We're also we we'll, we'll use our own money to do it. But if people want to help out and try and sponsor us and you want to give us any kind of a donation, they get a receipt for it and I'll be producing a full set of accounts for the, for the run. But okay. it's going to take us roughly a week. But right. when we're out there, if we need to transport stuff in and around the, the areas to, to move stuff, if, you, if we're redirected to the Moldovan border where there's another humanitarian crisis, it's, 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 it's already happening there. So any borders that need to be looked after and the people have stuff, we also want to go out there, We want to buy stuff in Poland, so we're going to transport all the stuff I described to you a while ago for the kids and for for for, the, for the, the the mothers and daughters and sisters and brothers. We want to transport all that stuff out there, and when we get there, we'll be able to go out and buy other stuff. Nice. Like so the cost of are doing out in the ground, we'll do the same, but we can target it because we have smaller we have smaller wagons, and we're we have, we're working within a network of of like I said with the with the. With Gerry O'Connor there, he's, he's in the redemptuous order, and he's 15 different spots for us to yeah. bring stuff to. So if they're identifying the, where the most needed straight away. We'll be able to target that, and if it takes longer than a week, so be it, but we'll stay there as long as, 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 as we're required. All right, Christy,
6: um, Christy, you're, you're doing Trojan, incredible Trojan work, and, and fair play to you. Uh, you and all your friends involved in that effort, involved initially, Christy is head, neck and tail in Cork City Search and Rescue, and we all know what they do, but leaving with up to definitely four, possibly five, high-roofed vans. Next Wednesday, heading off out to the war zone, to the border there, uh, looking to stuff it with anything that you can give them. He's gone through the whole list. I won't do it again. But there's a vi- the visitor centre at North Cathedral. Thank you, Christy. The visitor centre at North Cathedral from Friday, and also the penny dinners. Is it any surprise at all that Katrina? has thrown open the door of penny dinners to help to gather the stuff to send out there. So the North Cathedral Visitor Center from Friday and then penny dinners also, if you've got stuff to drop in, that will be taken out by Christie and the team out to Poland and they can distribute it. And all they're looking for is a bit of help. If anyone would like to sponsor them, some anyone care to put a load of diesel into the vans, whatever, just can we get that sorted as well? Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six, and this is a lovely idea coming on the phone uh, anyone who's donating supplies wouldn't it be really nice if they just included a little message or a little note maybe a little card that said we're thinking of you now that's a lovely idea do you see I said it again I said it a while ago I just love being from Cork at a time like this we're so good at this <laughs> Katrina Toomey just on the phone she said she's going with Christy on that trip God, you know what, can we just send her on and and send her up and send her to confront Vlad? If that powerhouse sets foot in that part of the world, ah, she's just a great bit of stuff. So Katrina Toomey heading out with Christy and the team in the vans to that region. Ah, you're brilliant. She's just great. Right. Councillor John Paul O'Shea, for people who might know too well where this junction is, city people, where is it? Out at Bally McQuirk. Good morning.
14: Good morning, PJ, and good morning to your listeners. Yes, Benham Junction is, is um, on the n 72 between Kenturk and Bantier. Uh, so the town of Kenturk and the village of Bantier, a lot of people would use it um, come across it going on the Mallow Killarney Road, ah, and yes. a lot of people would use it going from, say, Western to Hollow uh, PJ, right up to Cork City, so they go up through uh, Bantier and onto Ned and up onto the Angles Rest uh, every morning, so it's actually a very very busy junction. If you were uh, heading, say,
6: from Cork to Mill Street via, via a Mallow you'd pass it, wouldn't you exactly right. so it's a a national road which is the N72 which crosses
14: a very busy regional road the R579 and uh, unfortunately um, your radio station has reported many many serious accidents uh, there over the years uh, PJ with you know uh, fatalities uh, and serious accidents at that junction and it's something that has been brought to our attention many many years and I suppose there's political unity here uh, in terms of trying to get um, I suppose improvements to the junction and in many cases you you know staggering a junction instead of going straight across the road might be um you know sufficient uh, but in this case look the senior engineers in the national roads office and the TII which is the national road authority uh, came together and they've designed a roundabout for the scheme um because we are in the in the in the in the mix of the, the, the blackwater region and the dohalla region uh, down uh, in North Cork, there is it's a special area conservation so it had to go to on board Panala to be approved and finally, this week, we have got approval for it. Um, so there's great, I suppose, jubilation around uh, North Cork because, you know, the works Brooks, Brooks are now, uh, I suppose, ready to proceed. Yeah. My time scale, Cork- John Paul. Um, we don't really I suppose but the TII have committed to it and I brought it up with our council meeting on Monday just in relation to I suppose recommitting and re-engaging with the TII now um, to get approval to go straight to Tinder PJ um, but I'm hopeful that we will be I suppose getting that in the next couple of weeks right. and we will be going to construction before the end of the year I was just going to uh, say that
6: shovel's in the ground before the end of the year you'd say I, exactly look we have all the design done the
14: planning has now just come through from on board so there's nothing stopping us from proceeding with this uh, it's a roundabout the the um, it's going to be something I suppose of of new uh, in, in in the Norcock region in terms of you know coming across roundabout between Mallow and Killarney when you leave Mallow the next roundabout you see is going into Killarney it so is. it's going to be a huge um, I suppose um, investment for Norcock. it's about two point three million euro. What has been envisaged for this work? Um, but the TIA have told us they will be not be found wanting in terms of coming up with the funding first because of the fact it's such a serious junction. It has been, I suppose, designated as one of the worst and dangerous junctions in this country. So as I said, I'm, I'm very grateful and thankful to the, the National Roads Office of Carcony Council for advancing this and for all our political colleagues who have been very supportive on this as well. Okay. Uh, last number of
6: months. Okay, good news there for the people of Bally or that junction there, nasty, nasty junction. By the end of the year, work will begin on a major roundabout to slow down traffic Good news. Thank you there, uh, Councillor John Paul O'Shea. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. We still have no idea what's causing all that traffic around town If anybody has any theories let us know. Pat O'Connell said they're all going in to get fish for Ash Wednesday in the market Maybe? Maybe? Can
4: we just talk? The Opinion
6: Line on Corks 96FM. With
0: McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. C-M-I-G dot the lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96, 96, 96.
4: Text or WhatsApp 083
0: 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie.
4: The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan
0: on Cork's 96FM.
6: Yeah, still no explanation as to why traffic is so busy this morning. Ken perrot has been checking it out but can't find any particular reason as such. It's just very, very busy. It's also actually getting quite foggy. So, uh, and that's an understatement. It's If you look at the contrast between today and this time yesterday, like you can't see the airport hill but i tell you something just standing here at the, the window of Studio One during the news you can't actually see the tip top of the Elysian now It's a real pea super down over the city maybe that's the cause of, of the traffic whatever's going on anyway the traffic is wicked this uh, Ash Wednesday morning speaking of Ash Wednesday I don't know. Do you still observe it? Does anybody still observe it? I haven't seen anybody around this morning with ashes on their forehead. Um, not that I don't think we were able to do that with COVID, anyway, for the last couple of years. But does anybody still observe? Ash Wednesday, or does anybody still make a decision today, just throwing this out there for what it's worth, And does anybody make any decision today that you're going to give something up, or that you're going to do something to make a, a special effort, be it for yourself or for others, for the next uh, 40 days and 40 nights, but any, does anybody do that anymore? It used to be a big thing, Remember when we were small, we used to give up sweets, and then you often try, when you're a bit older, to give up the drink, or, or at least cut way down and maybe only have a drink on a sunday or you have a drink on st patrick's day some people will give up the smoking other people would not give up the smoking but does anybody do that i know someone last year decided that they were going that i know decided they were going to try and do a walk every single day uh, of lent just dead 083 396 96 96 if if you still do anything for or with or about Lent, just throwing it out there. Yesterday and the day before, we were talking about Eating Disorders Week. And in particular, yesterday we focused on a thing called ARFID, which is a very unusual kind of eating disorder where effectively a person just simply can't eat particular foods, even foods that they love or foods that they know other people love. They just physically cannot bring themselves to eat it. And it leads to all sorts of problems and we, we put it up as a podcast extra yesterday. If you want to find it and have a listen to Maria's story of having ARFID. Uh, but we got this email as well to opinion at 96fm.ie. Hi, listen to your podcast about ARFID. Thanks for sharing this girl's story and raising awareness. I have ARFID. I'm 25 and I've had it since I was four. It's a really difficult disorder. Not many people know about it. I went undiagnosed until I was 17. I was diagnosed with peripheral neuropathy due to a vitamin B12 deficiency. I now have permanent neurological damage and I use a mobility scooter. Wow, at 25. My eating disorder was partially the reason as to why I was so low on B12. I was in London a few years back to meet RFID expert Felix Economakis, and he helped me a lot. I would have had it a little more severe than the lady on your podcast. But I wanted to thank you for raising awareness around it. And we love to get emails like that because when we start a conversation about something, it's great to know that people out there uh, and among our listenership are identifying with it. So thank you for that. 0818 96, 96 96 First thing for me to ask you is I hope that your daughter is okay
15: she is. She's recuperating. She'll be off of work for a week or so anyway, but um, she is, she's recuperating fairly well.
6: Good. So so what happened? It was Saturday, was it?
15: It was Saturday, uh, about nine minutes past twelve. She rang me and she was crying down the phone i saying, Mom, I'm falling down the stairs. But I happened to be in my other daughter's house, which is about five minutes away at the time. So I just quickly went down to her and I got down and I found her in a slump down at the end of the stairs. Uh, She missed her foot and came coming down halfway and um, she fell. So I rang the ambulance about 23 minutes past 12 because, you know, the golden rule, you don't move anyone when it comes to the back or anything like that. Yeah. And um, I rang the ambulance at 23 minutes past 12 and I put in the call or whatever and. They just taught me to make her comfortable until somebody came, so that was fine. So we were waiting and waiting.
6: Just tell me what 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 general area was this? something? this was East Cork.
15: I'm in Middle uh, Okay.
6: Okay, okay,
15: yeah. Just outside Middleton.
6: Yeah, I know it well. And and uh, she'd hurt herself. She'd hurt. Had she hurt the ankle or what? What had she done to herself? Uh,
15: no, she it was um from her lower back. She was complaining from her lower back. So the Was going down. Yeah. And her knee and her arm. She was complaining with tw- of the way she fell down the stairs.
6: Right, right. So you rang the ambulance at
15: twelve twenty three exactly. I rang on. Right. They made contact with me again at 12.55 just to double check that she there was no change in her situation. I said no, she was comfortable and uh, they just said just if there was any changes to ring them straight away so we, uh, she was lying on a cold floor she, uh, so we got quilts and the whole lot we made her comfortable so two minutes or 17 minutes past two I actually rang the ambulance again. Mm. And they told me there was an ambulance coming, uh, that they were pretty busy, which is understandable. It's the weekend or whatever. And now she was getting fairly sore at this stage because she couldn't move from lying on the floor. So she was lying on the floor for two no, two hours, 15 minutes at this stage. Right. And
6: You were going by the golden rule, don't move her in
15: case there's something. Yeah, yeah. In, yeah, especially when it comes to the back, like you would, you know, and where she was complaining, We just said we'd let her be. So uh, next thing she was saying, ma'am, I'm cold, I'm mine cold. She was on a cold sore. We couldn't move her to get anything under her, only to put it on top. So the next contact I had from the ambulance themselves was 3.17. And they just said they apologized. They said they were pretty busy, whatever. And I said, look, I said, she's lying on the floor now for over three hours at this stage. Mm. And I said she's complaining of being cold and the whole lot, and they just said we're really, really sorry. We're very busy, and they were prioritising. So, which is understandable again. Mm. But like, at this stage, we didn't know if she had any any internal bleeding or anything like. You know, at this stage, you know, you wouldn't know.
6: The fall was just after twelve, and yeah. they, and and they're talking to you at this stage at around twenty past three. Yes. Wow.
15: Yeah, so normally before an ambulance would come out, they would send out a rapid response, which never came to my house. There was no rapid response or nothing like, you know. So just after four o'clock, I rang South myself and explained the situation, and South got back onto me, and I said, look, even if he could come down and give her an injection to make her comfortable, because she was in quite a lot of pain. Yeah. Uh so the doctor in Middleton, he said he couldn't believe that we were still waiting that length of time. He said, look, I'll come down. I'll give her an injection to make her comfortable until the ambulance came. And just so I I got off the phone, an ambulance arrived at my door at
6: 4.35. 4.35. From You made the yeah. call at 12.23. Yeah. And 4.35 an ambulance arrived. And now, yeah. I, I've no doubt the guys on the ambulance, they were as professional as they could be.
15: The two lads that came, they literally said we had just got a call 25 minutes before they arrived at my door.
6: So they hadn't been assigned, in other words? No, no. Wow, until three and a half hours after you made the call?
15: Yeah, 25 minutes before they arrived at my door, they had got the call to come to my address.
6: Right. And there's no blame to those yeah. two lads. They they did what they needed to do, they... they
15: Exactly. Looked
6: after your daughter and all those things and she's okay now.
15: they were but the only thing is when they took her to they took her to CUH, she was an hour and fifteen minutes in the with the two lads from the ambulance before they handed her over to the anyone in CUH. So that was another hour and a quarter they had to wait with her inside in the CUH. Crikey altogether. Yeah, an hour and fifteen minutes she was saying.
6: So an hour and 15, so to say it took four hours to get to Ballinacurra then another, we'll say half an hour to get to CUH, that's four and a half hours and then yeah. another hour and a half so she was six hours before she was seen, what the paramedics obviously do what they do and they're great at it, before she was seen by a doctor.
15: It was after midnight before a doctor even saw her. What? It was after midnight before a doctor even saw her uh, she got a Pain relief from one of the nurses, and it was after midnight before a doctor even saw her.
6: Crikey. How do you yeah. feel about that assumption?
15: Uh, look, I look. Wor- I work in the. I work as an assistant so- social care worker now. I know what the healthcare system is like at the moment. But if that was an elderly person, like they would probably wouldn't be here with us if they had anything going on in the inside, like you know. Yeah. Yeah. I I was fairly fairly cross, and i don't I don't get cross about anything, you know
6: no, and at least your daughter had you with her to reassure her and look after her. I mean, what if she'd been on her own
15: she that's that's the that's the point she was on her own until she was able to get to her phone to ring me yes, yeah, because the evening before my eldest daughter was above in the c u h with my mom, my mom was taken in the night before. Right. You know, yeah. So she was on her own and only just she had rang me and I was able to get down to her as quick as I could, like, you know.
6: My goodness, my goodness. It's it's an awful long time to be waiting.
15: It is a long time. No, I'm not I'm not blaming the ambulance crew or anything. I'm just, I'm blaming the government. I'm sorry. They're yeah. having the clue. The health, the health system is a joke in Ireland.
6: You can't argue with that when you tell us what yeah. happened.
15: Yeah, and like I was speaking even to one of my local CDs over the weekend and I was telling him what happened and he was flabbergasted that this actually even took this long, like, you know, yeah. four and a half hours after she initially fell down the stairs.
6: So to tell her we're thinking of her and hope she makes a full recovery. And thanks for your call.
15: No way. Thanks, PJ. Thanks for
6: bringing it to the attention. That's that's our job, Assum, so To thank you and our best again to to your daughter. Four hours, eh? Four hours. Right. I want to go to. I take your comments on that at zero eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Not too too many people will be just going out again, rather than be too surprised. Unfortunately, let's go to Britain because we covered this a couple of weeks ago when they thought they might lose their early intervention. Class, the principal of Kilbritton National Schools, Karen O'Donovan. Hey, Karen. Good news. Last evening, I got a message from from Deputy Holly Kearns to say that it had been sorted out. When did you get the news? Good morning.
16: Good morning. Um, I suppose we heard unofficially last night through um, some public representatives, and we just got a phone call this morning uh, with the official news that uh, the class have been sanctioned for next year. So we'll be awaiting a letter with that confirmation, um, hopefully today or tomorrow. Uh, So it's wonderful news. We're absolutely delighted.
6: This is obviously the best news of all for kids and their families who are already signed up for your little class in September.
16: Definitely. And, you know, I'm just in the process of contacting those families this morning. So it's absolutely wonderful news for those children and their families and indeed for the school.
6: Do we know, was it, was it a misunderstanding or was it just they had to rethink when all the publicity hit or what?
16: Um, I'm not really sure, but they did agree to come and meet us yesterday. So we had a meeting where we went through the applications for next year and they had a look at our accommodation. And I think it was arising from that that they made the decision to overturn uh, the decision to close the, the class.
6: Mm. A lot of very happy people down there. You've done. You've developed quite a, a service down there. I must say, uh, and Karen, from what I hear.
16: Thank you. We're very happy with it. You know, we try our best to be an inclusive school and I suppose just to meet the needs of the children in our community um, and uh, just to to provide a kind of an inclusive education for as many children as we can.
6: Now, I know you're just happy to be here at this point in time right now, but like any school principal, and straight away, I suppose the old cynic in me is asking the question: will we be having this conversation again next year, Karen?
16: Well, it's interesting um, that you raise that because it was said this morning that when the letter arrives, it may be that this decision is time-bound. Um, so obviously they can see that there's a need uh, for the facility for the immediate future for at least the next school year or two. But it, the decision may be time-bound and it might be revisited again in time.
6: Okay, okay. Well, let us know what they say when the letter does come. But we're delighted for everyone in Kilbritton and the surrounding areas Today, that's Karen Donovan, school principal at Kilbritton National School, where the early intervention class has been given a reprieve by the National Council for Special Education. Uh, it may be that it's only for this year, or maybe this year and next year, and we want to find that out, just to see how how much closer we've really got here. But uh, thanks that uh, it was Holly Cairns. Let me know last night. I know Michael Collins was letting other people know. And uh, good to talk to to Karen Donovan this morning. And I know in the families that were worried about that, they're the ones who welcome this the most this morning. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Warren uh, PJ. I applied on the twenty eighth January for my replacement driver's license. I applied online. I paid. I went on the second of February for the eye test that I was asked to go for. I haven't heard a thing since. Has anyone had? A similar experience. Well, have you? On the ambulance wait, Tracy says, unfortunately, Assumpta's story is pretty typical. Yeah, I'd have, to, I'd have to agree with you there. I'm giving up giving out to my husband for Lent. He's thrilled. <laughs> that sounds to me like you actually enjoy it and that giving up is a sacrifice and good morning PJ I give up crisps every single Lent I love them and eat them nearly every day says Anne-Marie so give up the crisps and just, I just threw it out there for what it's worth does anybody observe or your observations of Lent are they different to what they used to be I can remember being a small flea, being dragged out of bed at some stupid hour of the morning uh, to be brought to mass every single morning of Lent at 7 o'clock in the African Missions Church uh, we'd be there every morning and Mum would make sure we got up no matter what the weather every single morning of Lent. Back when we were small for it. 0818 96 O eight one eight ninety six ninety-six ninety-six
12: Can we just talk?
4: Opinion line on courts 96 FM with McCarthy Insurance Group.
0: Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life, and health insurance.
4: CMIG.ie Quartz 96 FM.
6: Catherine Mahan Buckley was back on, uh, talking to her earlier on about collecting stuff for Ukraine for Poland in Kada. They're looking for sleeping bags, floor mats, torches, batteries you can drop them off at CADA from 3 o'clock today or from 2 o'clock tomorrow and they're leaving hopefully with a cargo tomorrow night so today and tomorrow you can go down to CADA which you, you know where it is it's not far 5 minutes walk from us here and drop off floor mats torches, batteries, sleeping bags anything else that you can think of when they have a convoy going out or a van going out tomorrow night uh, you might remember Jamala. Yes, Jamala won Eurovision, thanks Brian, in 2016 with a song called 1944. This was just after the Russians had moved into Crimea. The song is about when the Russians killed a lot of people in 1944. Jamala herself just got over the border to Poland two days ago. Thanks for that, Brian. That's nice to hear. Just want to mention about Moldova, what a support they're giving to all the Ukrainian refugees Over 70,000 Ukrainians passed the Moldovan border in the past five days, people supportive and helpful with food and accommodation. Could people put the little triangular Ukrainian flag, put it on their vehicles? It might be a show of solidarity. That is nice. Uh
17: Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom.
6: Uh, Kate then says, what if we organised that the Irish people could send Adam King's on post-hug cards to people in Ukraine to show solidarity? That's a lovely idea, Kate. If you wanted to decide where you'd send it to, I'm not entirely certain, but it's a lovely idea. As regards Ryanair and what happened uh, with the extra luggage charge and all of that, Uh, I have to side with Ryanair, says this WhatsApp message. We have to acknowledge this woman was genuine, but there are unfortunately so many others who would exploit the service if it was free. That's the reality. Let Ryanair know in advance, and they said they'll deal with these cases as charity where it's genuine. Not everyone is as benevolent as this woman. That's just a sad fact, which is a fair response, except that we know from talking to her husband that they had a letter a letter was available to Ryanair many many hours prior to departure. I think twenty four hours prior to departure, nearly from the Cove Chamber, acknowledging that this was the charity drop. But your point is is worth reading out. People would exploit it if they co- thought it was free. That's for sure. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Now Laurie got your your email, and it's a very good idea that you have. Um, parents of children with extra needs, as, as we've said many times over the years, I've often said, you need to get a degree, a degree in being a pain in the arse. You need to learn how the system works, understand how it works, and how, understand how to play it and work it to your advantage. And there's a lot goes into that first five years, or first five, for six years of a child's life. We have to learn all of that. But Laurie, you have an idea based on your experience. And you want to talk to me about it. Good morning to you.
20: Good morning. Thank you for um, having me on, PJ. It really means a lot, especially on Ash Wednesday when people are thinking about how they can contribute to the community and help out. And that's why I'm here today. I really just want to reach out to parents and let them know that they're not alone, mm-hmm. um, like I felt back when we found out that our daughter had a very serious condition and we felt so alone. Mm. I don't know if um, it would be all right for me to share that story, but please do. To- please do. Yeah. Well, i um, just imagine me sitting in a chair with my 13 year old daughter next to me across from a specialist. And I'd been waiting for a year for this appointment because one year previously we found out that she had a 23 degree curve in her spine and they said look wait a year get another x-ray then and um maybe it will resolve and we'll go from there okay so sitting at this desk after getting her x-ray and the consultant says well it's a 63 degree curve and that means that she'll have to have a major surgery mm-hmm. And he went on to explain that it would be a 12-hour long surgery and unfortunately because of the way her spine was constructed, there was a possibility that after the surgery sometime, maybe one year, possibly five years, whatever, her her um, hardware could become too heavy for her spine to hold it and it could sever her spinal column.
6: The rods inside, yeah?
20: Yeah. Yeah. The, that, that, that she could eventually become paralyzed as a result of this surgery but that it was the only possible treatment for her okay so i started to get very angry at that stage i was i felt betrayed i felt frustrated there was so many overwhelming emotions that came up because one year previously her her curve was only 23 degrees and we could have got her bracing or any other kind of non-surgical treatment in the meantime. Yes. But they just said it could resolve. And so I was beating myself up for not getting a second opinion, for sitting there and waiting, for believing everything that the specialist said to me, for, you know, I don't know. That I just felt so guilty. I felt so lonely. I felt so ashamed. There were so many overwhelming feelings, and that is why I made so many mistakes after Mm. that. Mm. Because I was overwhelmed with these emotions.
6: Yeah, and if
20: I had somebody, maybe maybe
6: you could just give me an insight for a second, Laurie. uh, You know, why as a mum did you feel guilty when it wasn't you were causing the problem? Maybe explore that.
20: I would say that as a mom, I felt like she should come first. She should be the first person in my thoughts when I wake up and when I go to sleep. And if I had really paid attention and thought about it, I might have, I might have thought to look it up. I might have asked somebody. I might have gotten some information that would have inspired me to get a second opinion. It's just like you, you believe that you are responsible for your child, you know, and nobody else out there will do it for them. You're the one you and your, and your spouse or your partner are the two people who are are going to be out there advocating for your child. And if you don't do it, who will? And then I didn't do it. So then of course I felt guilty.
6: Yeah. So how is she now?
20: Well, the amazing thing is, PJ, that amazing, overwhelming emotion can have a good effect as well. I was so angry that I was driven to find another way of getting her treatment, and we did. Every three months, we take her to California, and she gets specialist treatment there. And her curve has gone from 60 degrees down to 40 degrees It was actually down to 30 degrees, which is completely clear of any kind of need for surgery. And that is like a remarkable thing to happen. You know, I made that happen because I allowed my emotions to drive me to find a solution for her. The power of parents is remarkable when they are focused and they have the right way to think and good decision making skills Mm. and it's, it's when the emotion takes over and you get swamped by it that you don't know what to do next.
6: Yeah. And it is and an emotional feel- time. I mean, I've talked to countless parents who've had to deal with a, a sickness or a condition in a child and they become overwhelmed by the emotion of it all. And like you say, sometimes it can, it affects their ability to think clearly and act decisively. And is that why you set up your coaching service?
20: Yes, exactly. I mean, I I realized after about four years that all of this emotion that I had was having a not a really nurturing effect for my kids, you know, and I decided that I would do something about it and I learned how to separate the emotion from the thoughts and to make good decisions. And after I did that, I was like, oh, my gosh, I could have been doing this for the past four years.
15: Hmm.
20: Why? Why didn't I? Why didn't I do this sooner? And I realized, well, it was because I simply didn't know that it could be done. Well, it's so also very
6: to difficult. Is, and I mean, speaking as a, as a parent of a boy, you know, and thankfully he's never been particularly ill. But, you know, we've had to fight for him for certain things over the years and you do you get you get tied up in the emotion of it and sometimes you you make the wrong decision or you struggle with what should be simple decisions because of the emotion separating out that emotion is a necessary skill
20: yes exactly and and it's not something that you can do by yourself you need to have somebody listening to you from a compassionate but dispassionate point of view, somebody who can hear what you're saying and reflect back that, those thoughts so you can realize what really is going on with your, you know, in your decision making process. And when you, like a mirror, when you can look in the mirror and see it Mm. there, then you get the insight to make your own decisions. One of the interesting things about coaching is, especially for parents, There is nobody, PJ, out there who is more of an expert of your child than you are. You know when your child eats, when he sleeps, when he um, gets upset at certain things. There's nobody out there who can make better decisions than you.
6: I have said this to so many parents and I've said this when I've been asked and privileged to speak at events over the years and address doctors and address politicians. I've had that privilege through my job I've always said this, we as parents, and I say we, we have forgotten more about our children than you'll ever know. That's not your fault, but use that. Talk to us. Listen to us.
20: Exactly. And so when parents are sitting there feeling helpless and as if the specialist really knows more about what's good for their child than they do, but they have this sense that something just isn't right, they don't stop and ask. They don't say, wait a minute, I'm actually the expert on my child, and you are the consultant. I have to make the final decision. Mm. And that decision is on me, you know, and it's going to affect my child possibly for the rest of their life, so I'm going to get this right for my child and that's when people start saying you know what i have the power to make the decision to get a second opinion i have the power to tell the the to ask the physician or the surgeon or the specialist what else is there what else can we do
6: now you've set up a coaching system and people can access it they can email you i think laurie can they
20: Yes, I have a website. I'm on um, Facebook. I have an email address. Yeah, it's it's really pretty easy to find me if you. Okay.
6: It's Laurie. That's L A U R I E S Jostrom J O S T R O M dot com.
20: That's right. That's oh, right.
6: All right. Listen, Laurie. I wish you well with it. It's a very very good idea. Uh, you're you live in Cork, don't you?
20: I do. I live in Whitegate. And um, one of the reasons I'm so grateful for this opportunity to talk to you is that most of my clients are either in Singapore or in America. And the parents that I really, really want to serve are here in Ireland. So it really means a lot to me that maybe there are parents out there listening who might realize that I'm here and I can help. All right.
6: Laurie, thank you for that. Whitegate-based... Most of her clients are otherwise located around the world and she'd like to reach out to people in Cork who might seek her services and seek her help. Thank you, Laurie. Good luck with it. It's a nice idea. Laurie, L-A-U-R-I-E, at Laurie S L-A-U-R-I-E-S-J-O-S-T-R-O-M dot com. 0818 96
12: Can we just
4: talk? The Opinion Line
6: on Corks 96FM.
4: With McCarthy
0: Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. See MIG.ie.
4: Access all areas on Corks 96FM. Your guide to nightlife on
0: Side.
4: Hi, it's Michael with
9: an update on Corks Entertainment. Collins have announced a fantastic lineup of shows coming up in April and May, including Catherine Bohart and Fred Cook at the Comedy Cavern, Robert John Ardiff and A. Smith play on Sunday, 10th of April, Alton Conlon takes to the stage on Thursday, 5th of May, and on Sunday, 8th of May, Neve Regan returns to play the venue. Access All Areas. Fiona Kennedy brings her unique voice to the intimate setting of Wintrop Avenue on Sunday, March 13th. Fiona has been steadily growing a loyal fan base, with her last two single releases going to number one in the iTunes chart, and tickets are available now from cypressavenue.ie. Access All
4: Areas.
9: You can contact us here at Access All Areas if you have a show, play, exhibition, or, gig coming up, or any live streaming events by emailing us on aaa at 96fm.ie.
0: Access all areas. Your guide
4: to nightlife on the side.
0: On Quark's 96fm.
6: The subject of Kill Britain will come up, I think, in the dollar on half 12. Um, promise legislation, Taoiseach taking questions. And I think Holly Cairns is going to ask a question of the Taoiseach about the future for classes like the one in Kilbritain. We know they'll have their class back in the autumn time, but they don't know yet whether that's a permanent return. So I think that's the next stage, is to get that particular answer. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Again, if you want to donate and hand in stuff for collections for Ukraine, for Poland. Now, the uh, Red Cross... Would prefer you to send cash, and if you want to send cash, you can do that through your local post office, or you can get on Concern, or the Red Cross website, rather the Red Cross website, make a donation there. Or you can go through Revolut. If you are a Revolut user, you can use your Revolut app to donate money to the Red Cross. You can also go with Stuff, as it were to the Grove Medical Centre in Balancholig. They want bedding, blankets, disposable pillowcases, uh, energy bars, hygiene products, etc., etc. There's a collection at the church in Balavorny. Victor, a local man there, is from Ukraine. He'll take the stuff over himself in a few days' time. Collection point at Blarney G Clubhouse and O'Leary's Centre. Blarney, again, looking for similar stuff. Chargers, sleeping bags, floor mats, toiletries, torches, batteries, first aid kits, wipes, nappies, baby formula. Um, Magda was on the show with us yesterday. Ballycoreen Industrial Park, there's a collection there. The party company at Kinsale Road Roundabout. Remember Patricia was on organising that collection. Patricia, 16-year-old Patricia, still in school, organising a collection. And that collection point is the party company at the Kinsale Road roundabout. Wouldn't it be great, says Catherine, if all the chemists made up a parcel of medical and hygiene supplies for the people of Ukraine? Well, that's entirely a matter for the chemists themselves. But the yes, 0818 96 96 96. Now, the Irish Architecture Foundation is looking for ideas to improve our housing situation. It's got to be our biggest problem the lack of housing and the sheer number of people that need a place to live and can't get a place to live and houses boarded up and look we could do a program a week an entire program a week and still not cover every problem that's out there i'm joined by bob jordan who is ceo of the irish architecture foundation to talk a bit about what is what you're planning bob good morning to you
2: Hi, PJ. How are you? Actually, I'm CEO of the housing agency. Uh, We we are we're doing this in partnership partnership. with the Irish Architecture
6: Foundation. Beg
2: your pardon. No problem at all. So, So, I mean, what we're trying to do here, PJ, is as you said, uh, you know, housing is top of people's minds. Um, for lots of reasons, um, and people have ideas. I mean, I think, you know, during COVID, during our lockdown period, when we were confined maybe to our five-kilometre or two-kilometre perimeter, we got a chance to really explore areas, and so, and sometimes what we saw um, were empty buildings, vacant buildings, derelict buildings that could provide homes for our younger people. So I suppose what we're asking, we want to harness those ideas. Ourselves and the Architecture uh, Irish Architecture Foundation are really looking for members of the public to work together with uh, architects i mean people from different backgrounds they can you know be social activists economists whatever you whatever you're doing in life um, come forward with an idea about how we can improve our housing system Um, and we have an international jury that will have a look at those proposals and eight submissions will go forward to an exhibition later on in the year in september and october and i suppose like the kind of things that we're looking for i mean this is about positivity and about unlocking housing in our cities towns and villages so i suppose how we can reimagine and repurpose vacant buildings you know changing derelict shells really to modern homes Mm. using spaces above shops turning banks and pubs into housing You'll, you'll have seen in Cork, uh, North Main Street, that the, the Peter McFarry Trust converted the old permanent TSB yeah. there into a regional office. Yeah. And five apartments, including two for people who were formerly homeless. So that's the kind of thing we're looking for.
6: Yeah.
2: Uh, the minister has recently made some changes to planning regulations to make it easier to turn pubs into uh, residential homes as well. I suppose we're looking for ideas to make housing more affordable, you know, new kind of innovative designs, modern construction methods and different ways of financing housing and how we can create communities for the whole life cycle so that young people, old people,
6: families and maybe people who who want to right size can stay in the same community. Yeah. Um, A a simple walk, 10 minute, 15 minute walk from where I am now would take you into the centre, say, of Blackpool. And there's lots of buildings there that have been abandoned for years. And I guess one thing that, and there are many other areas like that, one thing that would cross my mind is, you know, that line of old houses, Now, one of them has a tree growing up in the middle of it, the other one has nettles in what used to be the front doorway. Health and safety would never allow you to do that now. Is that a myth? Yeah, what I'm saying is
2: that, um, you know, there is a real commitment there now to deal with vacant and derelict properties. Uh, We're here in the housing agency providing an advisory service to local authorities and compulsory purchase orders. And. we'll also be working with local authorities and approved housing bodies to really look at different ways that we can reimagine these properties. I mean, some of them will be turned into residential, potentially some of them into working hubs or other things and so on. I think the point is, PJ, it's not just about the housing here, it's also about regenerating our towns and villages as Mm -hmm. well. These are lights on the landscape. You know, many of us have grown up in towns where buildings have been empty for decades. Mm -hmm. We we can't afford to continue to do that. And I suppose the is also an environmental aspect to this that we should be repurposing and reusing what's there already. Mm. You know, there are carbon savings around that. And I suppose as I said earlier, you know, during COVID, I think we've really recognised the, the value of the place that we live in and we need to make sure that it works for mm. everybody there.
6: Um, where, and I, the re- where I live is, is Douglas and right in the middle of Douglas there is a big old hulk of what used to be a bank or building society mm-hmm. and it's been sitting there. For years, and at one point they thought it'd be a pub, another point they thought it'd be a shop, another point they thought it'd be apartments, it's just sitting there, it's a blight on the landscape when it could be used for something. That's what you're That's what you looking at, isn't it?
2: Yeah, that's exactly what we're looking for, like we're looking at PJ, and to be honest with you, as you know, um, banks are closing down, bank branches, post offices are closing down, you know, their their various post offices as well, Um pubs are empty. So what we would like to be here is a bit of a clearing house as well for those kind of properties and bringing people, I suppose, with expertise to bring in, you know, to, 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 to repurpose them. Um, like, it's not easy um, to do that. So it does require specialist expertise. But I think, to, you know, there is a commitment there now, probably more than ever before, that we're not just going to allow this to continue. A lot of these buildings, by the way, are heritage buildings. You know, if they were brought back to use, they would actually really enhance the streetscape of the town as well as being, you know, providing something valuable. So, you know, now is the time to take it on. Right.
6: Now you have a call for submissions. There'll be funding available to the successful ones and there'll be an exhibition in September. How does one get involved in that side of it?
2: Yeah. So basically we have a website for this called housingunlocked.ie. People can make an application there. As I say, um, the deadline is the 24th of April. Then we'll have an international jury looking at it. And eight submissions will get €7,500 each, really to put on a public exhibition that members of the public can visit. And this will all happen during the the sort of open house festival that happens in Dublin in uh, September into October. So I suppose we know the people of Cork are very committed to resolving the housing crisis, and we also know you have great
6: ideas, so please come forward. So it's housingunlocked.ie, and the deadline is April 24th. The deadline is April 24th, and there's been a lot of interest so
2: far, so I really hope that people will get online there and submit our ideas, because I know there are great ideas out there.
6: All right, and, and uh, plenty of time as well. Plenty of time. April 24th. It's six or seven weeks away. It's the other side of Easter. Easter is the, what, 17th or 18th of... April, so April 24th is the deadline, thank you Bob Bob Jordan, uh, CEO of the housing agency housingunlocked.ie for your ideas 0818 96
12: 96 96 Can we just talk
4: the opinion line on Corks 96FM. With McCarthy
0: Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life, and health insurance. CMIG.ie.
4: Corks 96FM has a shiny new phone number. 0818-969696. 96 96
0: 96.
4: Save it to your phone now. 0818-969696
0: 96 96 96.
4: The number you need uh, hello? for Cork's 96FM The lines are live and we're ready to talk Can we just
0: talk? Call 0818-969696 96 96
4: 96. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696 96 96 96.
0: Email opinion at 96fm.ie
4: The Opinion Line with PJ
6: Coogan
0: on Corks 96 FM. Yeah, Cash Cow
6: back this hour. This has been so much fun giving out loads and loads of moolah from the Corks 96 FM Cash Cow based at Mahan Point. If you go down actually take a selfie with the Cash Cow and post it on our Instagram or your Instagram and tag Corks 96 FM. That's one way to win. But I have the way to win a little bit later this hour we gave you the password this morning Casey and Ross gave you the password this morning a little bit later in the hour I'll ask you to get in touch give us the password and we'll play the game with somebody and we have moolah to give away from the cash cow association with Mahan Point catch a movie explore over 60 stores and shop till the cows come home on Thursdays and Fridays mahanpointsc.ie and the details are there 0818 96 A whole bunch of people looking to get help and collections and everything for Ukraine. And I gave you a list. I, I don't intend to go back over it this time. But if anything new comes in, certainly be delighted to do so. On the subject of ambulances, I was started the last hour with a Sumta. A Sumta had caused to ring an ambulance on last Saturday for her daughter, who'd fallen... Down the stairs at home in Ballinacurra in East Cork She made the call just around 25 past 12, 23, 24 minutes past 12 And the ambulance came nearly half past 4, 4 hours later And it was midnight before her daughter saw a doctor in COH Something was just going through that story with us Got a bit of response, a lot of people just not surprised at all Not at all surprised Which is very sad and speaks its own story, I guess, and speaks its own truth as to the fact that it's just, it's too common. But Antoinette says, needed an ambulance Sunday night for my son. The ambulance arrived within half an hour. Don't know if we were just lucky, but between the dispatcher and the crew, they were amazing. Well, you couldn't fault the crew to come in any ambulance. They're brilliant, but it's getting them out there, getting the ambulance dispatched. I think sports clubs, J and soccer should put out blue and yellow flags this weekend to show support for the people of Ukraine. It will be a comfort to all the Ukrainian people living among us. That's just another very nice idea uh, coming in. I think tomorrow's Thursday. I won't be here. Fiona will be here tomorrow. But Friday, we try to wrap up every good idea that's out there maybe into Friday. Uh, and The kind of stuff of things that people are doing over the weekend. We'll gather them all up. We've got a little database open here and we're putting as much as we can get into it. 0818 96, 96, 96 Jack, you've been out of work for a while, I think, because of a bad back, but now the back is okay. You want to go back to work, but it's not proving as easy as it should. Is that, does that sum it up?
11: Yes. Yes, it does. I was working in a factory and fifteen years ago my back I have two discs removed my back. And I couldn't walk in for so many years, I was up and out to a consultant for and then before Christmas I went up and he told me after fifteen years he told me I feel, Jack, you're ready to go back to
6: work. So you were out of work for fifteen years?
11: Yeah, fifteen years. Yeah.
6: And you went for an interview?
11: I went for an interview in in in, in a factory hmm. and the factory wouldn't take me on because of my back trouble and after I get in the go ahead from my consultant right they were afraid just in case my back gave out again
6: So I take it there was physical work involved wasn't there
11: Well the job wasn't strenuous hmm. you know, it was it was nice work nice nice handy work right. for my back there was no heavy lifting, there was nothing in it. All I was doing is standing up in the conveyor belt, checking the the line as it come along.
6: Okay. And I think that, did they send you to their own doctor to even check it out?
11: Yes, they sent me to their doctor. Yeah. Their doctor then said, they don't think I'm up it?" After my own GP and my own consultant gave me to go ahead and go back to work. Right. The company doctor wouldn't give me to go ahead to go back to work.
6: Right. And even though your consultant has signed you off and said this man is fit to go back to work. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. was your consultant, Jack, aware of the nature of the job you were going to do?
11: Yes, yes, I taught him. I taught him. I taught him I taught him when I got the interview from the job, I taught him every an interview and he said he, he said, Come in, Jack, come in, get out there and I hope to God you'll be back working. Mm. Yeah. I'm I'm only in my early fifties and I love to get back to work. I don't want to be like this for the next for the next for the next thirteen years. Yeah. Standing around able to do enough for myself. I want to get back out, done again, earn a wage and work.
6: Yeah. Being out of work for uh, fifteen years, I suppose there's a lot of explaining to be done when you go back anyway. But this doesn't make it any easier.
11: No, this, this 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 don't make it any easier, and and, and I'd love to find out. Is there more people out there in the same situation as me, men or women? And and it makes it more hard to when you're told by your GP and your consultant that you can go back to work, and then and then when you get an interview and go to the company doctor, you're turned away.
6: Yeah, and and did you say? To the company doctor, look, my GP has said it's okay. My consultant said it's okay. What was the doctor's explanation? The company doctor's explanation to
11: the company doctor just 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 he just said he just said he just said, Jack, I I was doing my job. I I'm paid by the company. If that happened, you're back, and you would get into that job. The company could get destroyed. His job was
6: protect the company.
11: Yeah, protect your company. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
6: And you're wondering is, is there anybody else out there who's been through something like this and, and I, I guess Jack asking what do they do about
18: it? Yeah.
11: Yeah, that's that's, that, that's my point of view. And 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 as I said, I'm only in my early fifties. But mm. is there more people out there who would who'd who'd have the text, who'd strokes or like that? And love to get back out there again and work. Get get yourself back on the road again.
6: Yeah, yeah. You're you're not a man that wants to just claim the welfare. You want to go to
11: work. I, I I want to get out there again and I want to go back to work and I want to earn my wage and I want to pay my way for for my country. Like like I always did before I got my injury.
6: And would you take a softer line of work, work that had no physical element to it?
11: I would. I would if I got it. I would if I got it, but.
6: You've got this gap in your CV and then anybody yeah. interviewing is going to see this gap. Then you explain yeah. why, bad back, surgery, etc, etc. Now you're back in fit yeah. and you're afraid the whole thing will start again.
11: Well, I'm hoping that. And, 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 and the job the job I got interviewed for, it wasn't generous work. It was nice work. I know what you mean. Nice work
6: maybe someone has been in a similar position and got it sorted for themselves or maybe there's someone listening who's involved in recruitment who might help you through it
11: yeah if there's yeah someone someone out there to, if they're looking for anybody to say even even the shops or even somebody looking out there to, for a person to wash cars or do anything like that just something you know yeah. that is that to to help in the back and there's no heavy lifting
6: yeah do you, do you get frustrated being out of work for so long when you now could go back
11: yes I am I am I'm actually you now very frustrated and and all my all my friends and family are very frustrated yeah. because 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 before Christmas I was told got the green light I can go back to work yeah and then and then when I got the interview I was turned down and I felt like down I was down again to zero yeah where 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 a couple of weeks before that before Christmas I was up over 100% with myself yeah
6: isn't good for the old mental health Jack
11: no no it's it's it, it can it's it's stressful it's stressful yeah it's stressful
6: look maybe someone's listening who can help but and if we do have anyone contact us we'll put them in touch how's that for for a deal
11: I'd like that I'd like that well you'd yeah, never I'd like that
6: you'd never know what's out there Jack have a good weekend and look after yourself
11: OK, and thank you very much. Thank you very much for your time. And I wish you and all your colleagues the best The best. to look.
6: And the same to you, Jack. Thanks for the call. OK. You feel sorry for the chap, wouldn't you? Do you know, out of work for a few years, then he gets an interview, then his employer says, actually, you know what, Jack, really, we can't risk the back, but the back is fine, according to his consultant. he's has to go back to work. He doesn't want to sit at home and, and, and draw welfare. He wants to go out and work. You would feel sorry for him, wouldn't you? And that big gap in his CV. We've talked to how many recruitment people have we spoken to on the opinion line who will say that's a that's a, that's a problem. That big gap in the CV. I'll throw something out here that might be a bit unbalanced or a bit a bit biased, and and I could get in trouble for it, but I'm going to say it anyway. We've got loads of recruitment agencies and loads of return to work experts. Who will say to women, well, that gap in your CV, well, you can explain that away through, you know, leaving to have children and stuff like that. Uh, and and that's not a problem. But for a guy like Jack, it could be a problem. Am I wrong here? Maybe. I don't know. 0818 96 96 96. What you need to solve the housing problem, PJ, is a respectful government. And that's something we don't have.
12: Can we just talk?
6: Opinion line
4: on Corks 96 FM with
0: McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk; they walk the walk. Cmig.ie.
9: The Premier League live, powered by talk Sport. Join me, Trevor Welch exclusively online at 96FM.ie.
0: Tune in Saturdays as we ramp up the excitement for the day's biggest games. We'll bring you pre-match analysis, live commentary, and in-depth interviews with some legends of the sport. Number one,
9: that's top of the league. The Premier League
0: Live. With NOW. Stream live action from BT Sport and Premier Sport with a NOW
4: Sports Extra membership.
9: Listen every Saturday exclusively online at 96fm.ie or download the Corks 96FM app.
4: Corks
9: 96FM.
6: Now, if you're in the supermarket game, if you're in the supermarket industry, then you'll know that to be awarded an FMI Store Manager Award is a big deal. FMI award these to the very best in the business and uh, one of the names that's popped up this year for one of the fmi store manager awards is shane jones who is store manager at the eurospar in cove shane congratulations good morning
18: morning TJ, thanks very much thanks for having me on
6: how did you feel when you discovered you were nominated for this award
18: how did it come about it was a come of doubt i suppose um i've seen a couple of emails circulating internally with um within kind of BWG. A couple of um my peers had, had put me forward for this you know so um yeah i was i was uh i was honored you know and felt felt humbled you know these are people who i would uh, certainly look up to and um you know uh i i really appreciated appreciated being put in, put forward and then after that then there was a kind of um there was a kind of a list of criteria that they had to, to to send in, and then we had to give figures and and pictures and everything to back up what we were what we were saying in terms of um yeah in terms of um signing up for it. So I only found it then last week. Then I was kind of shortlisted and, and put forward into the final one hundred and thirty two. You know, so for myself and for the team in, in Cove, um, and the customers know we're we're all absolutely delighted. You know,
6: it's a very very big competition.
18: Yeah, yeah, it is. I kind of, um, I suppose, I went kind of researching it after once I was kind of put forward forward for it, you know. And when you look at the previous winners, you know, and what they've achieved in 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 retail um, and 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 grocery specifically, it's they've they've achieved an awful lot. And uh, even I went looking at some of the people who are nominated this year across the world and South Africa and. Uh, America and some of the big companies they're working for and what they've achieved and yeah. what they brought into their business. It's um, yeah, it's an honor, you know. Yeah. And that, um, I should
6: get that point. Like this isn't just nat- national; this is an international scheme.
18: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I suppose. Um, so look, I'm probably the face and the name of it, but but we have a we have an excellent excellent team in mm. in Cove. You know, we have a team of 47 people, and without 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 the team, and without our are our, our, our very loyal customer base we wouldn't um, we wouldn't have achieved this yeah tell
6: me about about the shop how long is it there how long are you there yeah.
18: um I suppose look I, I started in retail 20 years ago um the usual I started with kind of super queen as a as a kid I spent time with super value um i I dipped my toes in retail outside of grocery, but it wasn't for me, you know. Um, yeah. I I I love I love I love what I do, you know. And you wouldn't do this, and you wouldn't be as passionate about it if you if you didn't love it. But um, in twenty fourteen, myself and my brother teamed up, and we took over a Eurosparian in, in Clogherglen and County Kerry, you know. And we were there. Brian is still there, and we were we there for kind of four years, and then I went looking at, at something different. I was part of an acquisition then with. B W G and Spar as a group um, in 2018, where we took over um, a very very good business from from Ray and Maura Keaton in, in Cove. You know who um, who were out of a long time. They've moved sites. They were they were the heartbeat of the community there, and um, um really really nice people, good customers of of mine now. So they are. So um, yeah, we moved in there. There was a significant investment. Um, state of the art kind of flagship store now. Um. Gone from strength to strength, you know, with the team we have. Um, yeah. great, great, great people there as I said. And I'm I'm in hopefully in the final stages now of, of taking over the business completely. Um yeah. but we, we we would call it a partnership what we what we have with Beaton G and Spar now at the minute and yeah. it's been very successful and um, yeah, that's kind of uh, where we're at. So hopefully in the next few weeks maybe we might have a we might have a couple of, of reasons to celebrate in COVID. never, you know? Know.
6: You'd never know. I, I'm trying to place your <laughs> accent oh, I, and I suggest a blow in maybe. <laughs>
18: I'm only in Cork a week and I'm calling myself a Cork man already, you know. Oh
6: so ah, well, yeah, we'll do that anyway, <laughs> you know. And certainly, certainly yeah, been put exactly. forward for awards like this. You become one of ours faster than getting up, do you know.
18: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm delighted. And um, yeah, as I said, I'm 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 from kind of from from Mead, grew up in Mead really, and uh, um, yeah, found myself down in Cork, where 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 we expect the family to move to hopefully in the in the near future, you know. We really really like Cove and. Cork and East Cork specifically, you know. Yeah,
6: Euro and Eurospar and all the there. There's a huge brand. I don't. We? It's only when you travel you realise just how big it is.
18: Yeah, they're massive. They're massive. They're they're, they're across the world, really. You know, um, as I said, look, I'm part of a partnership with Bwg at the minute, who are part of kind of Spar International. But um, they're fantastic people to to um, work with. I've great relationships there, and um, look, we have the we have the same goals. We have the same. The same um, same projects in mind, the same outcomes in mind. You know they're yeah, um, yeah they're fantastic fantastic yeah. company to work all with. And,
6: the, um, all about driving the business. Yeah. So I wish you luck with that. And so you're, you're shortlisted now. It's an international shortlist. What's the next step? and when may you'll know.
18: Um, there's, the next step is the end of April. There's um, an online um, there's an online award ceremony. So I think the over the course of the, the ceremony, it's kind of it's whittled down, and then they eventually pick. Pick um, pick a winner, you know. So, so you never know. Look, there's there's some brilliant, brilliant people in there. When I went, I went research and looked at. So there's uh, yeah. Look, I'm just honored to be to be, to be put forward and to be um, to be performed by my peers, especially. You know, means a lot to me. So and yeah, again, the, the staff and the shop are um. You know, this is this would be their award as well, and the yeah. customers locally. So hopefully, hopefully, um, hopefully, we might get something. But if not, look, it's a it's a big achievement just to be, to, to, be, to
6: be nominated to a, to a global shortlist. Is yeah. a huge achievement in itself. Shane, listen, congratulations uh, at this point, and we'll catch up with you maybe later in the spring uh, when we know more. Shane Jones, he's the store manager of the Eurospar in Cove, but has been put on the international shortlist the FMI Store Manager Awards. Congratulations and well done. A blow-in from County Meath. (laughs) Good morning, says this WhatsApp message. For the day that's in it, could you give a mention to the Pioneer Lenten Pledge? Matt Talbot, Novena, for all dealing with addictions in Toker Parish for the Mondays of Lent at half seven. And also let people know we're looking for old registers and old minute books or material from parishes which had pioneer centres in the past. Many are now closed. We want to save these documents as they're part of our social history. Now, that's interesting. Soraka Ilera is the person trying to coordinate that. Soraka O-L, so S-O-R-C-H-A-O-L, at gmail.com. If you have any of those old material, minutes, books, registers, from parishes who had pioneer centres... I can remember a few of them around Cork when I was a, a youngster. There was pioneer centres in a few of the parishes. So anyone's got the registers, the roll books, the minutes, the meeting books, that'd be good to have. Soraka A-O-L, at gmail.com. I want to do a special favour for my friend Carmel Cantwell, Carmel and the committee at the Besborough Commemoration Committee. Um, now, just, we, you'll, I'll tell you more about this as the year goes on. But the Besbrook commemoration will resume this June. We've picked a date and we're making plans. And I'm always very proud and honoured to be involved in that. But the Besbrook commemoration will return in June. More on that as we get closer. But in the meantime, and I spoke to Carmel about this last year. Her son Ryan, uh, very young, very very healthy man, uh, had a stroke in 2020 which was life changing as these things can be and they're raising some money for him uh, in a fundraiser in association with Blackrock hurling club of course Ryan a uh, stalwart member and player with Blackrock before his stroke they've an online auction of sports memorabilia and match tickets they've match tickets for example for men U versus spurs on the 12th of March, they have a Cork jersey signed by the hurling team. They have Munster ruby jersey. All the jerseys are framed, and it's an online auction in aid of the Ryan Cantwell Fund. And I'm doing this because, as I said, Carmel is a friend of mine and uh, involved with the Bessborough Commemoration Group. Uh, Galabid.com forward slash Cantwell is where you'll find it. So happy just to give that a mention on Cork's 96FM. <laughs>
12: should have gave you all my hours when i had the chance take you to everybody cause all you wanted to do was dance now my baby's dancing but she's dancing with another man although it hurts i'll be the the things I should have done when I was your man, do all the things I should have done when I was your man.
6: When I was your man, Bruno Mars on Cox 96FM. Reminded to you that Premier League Live is back this weekend in its usual position on 96FM.ie. And powered up by Talk Sport. You'll get it on the website or on the app on your phone. Just open up your phone on the Night's Next app, and down the bottom there you'll find all of our extra channels, extra stations, and there it is, Premier League Live. Powered by Talk Sport. This Saturday, live coverage of Leicester City versus Leeds at half 12, Newcastle v Brighton at 3, and Liverpool against West Ham. At half past five and Trevor and the team taking it through the afternoon with the Premier League Live online. It's all with now. Stream live Premier League action with now sports or sports extra membership. And then listen Saturday on the Cork's 96fm app or go to 96fm.ie. And Premier League Live, of course, is free. Brought to you on the app on a Saturday. 0818 96 96 96. I have a lovely picture in front of me of six medals. John, I didn't know this. John Finn, when a person reaches their 100th birthday, well, we know they get a cheque from the president. It's a cheque for €2,500 or something like that. It's called the centenarian's bounty. But they get something else as well, John. Good morning to you.
1: Good morning, PJ. Yes, indeed, they do. And it was something that we weren't aware of. Um, As you say, when my mother reached her 100th birthday in 2016. She got the cheque for 2,540, courtesy of uh, the president, Michael D. Higgins. And that was great. And it is a fantastic uh, thing for the Irish government to do for centenarians. But to our surprise then, the following year which was 101, she got a medal. And she's received a medal from the president's office every year since. And of course, now that she's turned 106,
11: wow.
12: uh,
1: she has six of these medals, which I think is a lovely, lovely gesture indeed, like, you know. And when, when, did good, she turn, uh, when did she turn 106, treasure. John? Pardon? When when did she turn 106. On the 28th of February. Funnily enough, family tradition has it that she was born on the 29th of February. Uh, But uh, apparently the, the lady in the register office, when I was looking for her births out there some years back, said that the practice back then was that Children born on the 29th of February were invariably put down as being born on the 28th. So That's that right. they would have a birthday every year, probably, like, you know. That's right. So That's be true. that as it may, the 28th of February, she certainly passed the one hundred and six mark, and she's still hanging in there. Fair yeah, tell
6: me about her. What's her name? Tell me a bit about her.
1: Her name is Nora Finn, and she was born in Warden in Ballamacoda, on the 28th of February of the 29th in 1916. Um, and she's lived a long and fruitful life. She was asked some years back what was the secret of her longevity. And she said, fresh air and hard work. And there's no doubt but that she had plenty of both in her time so yes uh, she uh, you know she's a great testament to um, you know good uh, outdoor living Mm -hmm. uh, good physical exercise and fresh air um, and uh, you know little luxury in her life growing up as The vast majority of people born back then would have had uh, through lots of tough times. Uh, One of our earliest memories, funnily enough, is at the age of five, when it would be 1921, she remembers uh, standing in the little acre outside her father's cottage out in Ballamacoda, and she was suddenly told by whoever was with her to uh, hunch down quickly because there was a lorry load of black and tans coming down the road. And the danger was that she might they might have taken a pot shot of anybody standing up in the field. And it's extraordinary, I think, you know, that a woman is still alive, uh, with a kind of if you could call it a direct connection with that kind of era wow. which most people would regard as ancient history almost now yeah, i are mean if, if you still look at what she lived uh, through who lived through that yeah.
5: if you look at
6: what she lived through born in the year of the rising lived through all the correct the black and tan era lived through yes. the first pandemic the 20 the 1919 flu pandemic right. lived through two world wars particularly the emergency and the effect of it here and she's been through the whole development of modern Ireland. She, she must be a mine she of has.
1: stories. She, she, she is, uh, well at least was um, for the last couple of years now. She's in her own little world yes. and she's very frail. But uh, she did have a mine of stories and what I used to do when I visited her in the home that she was in at the time I used to set my phone to record and ask her about, about details of our life going way back when. So I've got a collection of those stories now oh, yes. on my phone. And I think that is something that anybody with an, an aged relative should do really, because they're all walking history books, if you wish, and they are a wealth of stories that, you know, need to be recorded um, for future generations. And, uh, you know, I think it's, it's a worthwhile thing to do.
6: There, That's a lovely, lovely idea and a super... Super idea. So, John, the the six medals that she has, they're treasured. They're to be Hmm. treasured.
1: She's to be treasured,
6: Lord knows, but they're to be treasured.
1: They are, they are. I in in the overall scheme of things, you could say it's a, you know, it's a minor detail. But nevertheless, uh, it it is a lovely gesture. And I remember even when she got the check from the president's office, there was a, a letter with it, and it wasn't the usual kind of civil servant uh, jingoese, uh, uh, or jargon, I should say. Mm-hmm. It was. It seemed. It looked very like that it had the stamp of Michael D. Higgins on it, that, that he must have had some kind of input into the drafting of such a letter. Because ah, just yes. as you mentioned there what she had lived through, that letter more or less almost verbatim um, mentioned the same things. Yeah. And uh, it was it was, a lot of thought goes into it. Well, and incidentally, what people may not be aware of, I think every person born in Ireland, even somebody who might have only, been taken away from the country at the age of six months or whatever and lived in Australia for the rest of their lives, when they reach 100, they get the check also because they're an Irish citizen.
6: Wow. Yeah, it's it's just... It, it, it's a lovely thing. And you mentioned about the Michael D. writing those letters. It is said. Yes. Look, I have not. I've, I've interviewed Michael D. as president once or twice, but I remember in his days yes. as an active politician, I would have interviewed him many times. It, it is said that uh, he does take a personal interest in, in all of these individual yes. letters as, as they go past his desk, which is lovely. As a caller on the phone that says, great. you should make a small book out of the stories. I'd buy it, and I'm sure True. a few
1: more would too. True, true. Uh, The one thing also, by the way, you know, you hear of people talking about the good old days and people looking back, looking at the past, through rose-tinted glasses. Mm. She was never like that. Uh, when she'd recount some incident that what happened way back in the past, she was always end up the story by saying, God, there were awful times. You know, and there were, as you mentioned there, PJ, you know, the First World War, the Second World War, the uh, the mean years of the 1950s in Ireland, mm. where our husband, my father, had to go to England alongside thousands of others to get work Etc., etc., and things only improved really in this country, as you well know, from the 1960s onwards. Mm. But for you know, for the first 50 years almost of her life, uh, it was a, a, a very tough time to yeah. be living in this country. It there was There's a no grinding kind of a poverty, wasn't there, John? there was. There was a grinding poverty there. And, uh, you know, uh, it's easy to look back, as I say, through uh, rose-tinted glasses, but we have to be realistic and appreciate the fact that people like my mother and people of that generation went through tough times. And, you know, we have problems, as we all know, in this country, housing and all the rest of it. But there were, it was nothing like as bad as it was way back in the twenties and the thirties and the forties. And you know what? And we have to be put put things in perspective. I think, really, you know. Indeed,
6: indeed. And it's people like your mum that that helps us and have helped us to do that John, congratulations to I her so. on reaching the great Thanks age of Jeff. 106 and treasure those medals and treasure your mom and treasure her memories and treasure those stories thank you John Finn and our congratulations to Nora Finn Nora Finn on reaching the grand old age of 106 years on the 28th of February. 0818 96 96 96. Now, Derry was on yesterday talking about getting stuff together for Ukraine and looking for a place to store. This is Derry from the, the bus drivers. You got a couple of Artics and you needed a place to store them. You got sorted, Derry, I think, did you?
8: We did indeed, PJ. I'd say within a matter of 10 minutes, we... Two units secured, uh, one in Bishopstown and one in Little Island. So just a big thank you there to John, John Higgins from um, Bishopstown Men's Club. who They were building a new unit and uh, it's just about completed and he gave it to us for the two weeks. And uh, Jenna O'Connor there from Road Trans in Little Island Transport Company, big warehouse down there. Walk away mad, do whatever you have to do. Absolutely
6: brilliant. And thanks to you and your team there for that. That's that's great. Just delighted we could play just a, a small part in that. So will you have, And now that you have a, I think we said yesterday, once you had a location, you'd mm-hmm. give people an opportunity to bring stuff. There you go.
8: Right. So we have uh, so the, the unit in Bishopstown is the one we're going to work out of um, um, so it's the Wilton House in Don's Court in Bishopstown. Mm-hmm. There is a, 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 just a shed right next door to it and we're in that shed we will be operating that from maybe tomorrow on. Uh, but Saturday morning, we're, we're going to open it up Saturday. We're going to have somebody there all day Saturday. No, we were um, on to Elliot Williams, which is our manager there in bus in, in Cork. I yeah. uh, spoke to him when I got back yesterday. He's putting a bus in place in Douglas Court Shopping Centre from 10 a.m to 3pm right. on Saturday and anybody who wishes to make a donation can uh, in and out of, when they're in and out shopping in Douglas Court shopping centre right. there'll be a double decker bus there plenty of oh, stickers wow. on it yeah so big huge thank you to Ali Williams there in Bus Aaron for that so f- fill up, he, fill he, up he the bus in, is it? fill up the bus and he said and if we fill the bus he said we'll take it away we'll put another bus in its place he said if we fill two buses three buses we'll keep them there from 10 a.m. until 3 p.m. on Saturday.
5: That
6: Douglas, is amazing.
8: Yeah, Douglas Court Shopping Centre. And he's going to... Alid is going to manage himself.
6: Ah, oh, that's just brilliant. Derry, listen, I mean, we yeah. always know that the bus drivers of Capwell have been good to us at 96FM for many, many years. But you, you're great. You're a great bunch yeah. of lads. And that's a but, lovely... Ge- Aled, what's his second name is?
8: Alid Williams. He's Aled. a new manager that is in place for the last few months and he's been fantastic is he is a
6: Welshman by the sounds of him he is indeed he is indeed Yeah, yeah I was yeah, thinking that yeah, well, yeah, tell him, tell him yeah, what we divided. won't hold that against him I, you know what do you know what But well,
8: himself and Fiona Connolly. I'm sure you probably dealt with Fiona did, a few times there in no, marketing that's, that's, that's so Fiona, Fiona and himself brilliant. have arranged all that this, uh, all this morning actually they arranged oh. it all and that's there you go absolute. in place from 10-3 Douglas Court so they can drop their R. Wilton House in um, Dance Court in Bishopstown.
6: Derry, listen, good luck with it, and and as always, the, the bus drivers come good for the people of Cork. He's back with you there, Fiona, and Aled Williams, new manager in the Capwell bus depot. Um, so not only have they got a place to store the two trucks that will be heading off to Ukraine, but on Saturday, and we'll mention this again as we head towards the weekend, on Saturday between 10 and 3 Douglas Court Shopping Centre there'll be a double-decker bus there, it'll be all liberty up and all postered up, if you want to give something, send something, donate something you can bring it to the bus and Mr. Williams has said, he'll be there himself if they fill the bus he will drive the bus or they'll have the bus driven out load it off and bring it back this is fabulous. This is just ah, this is top top dog, top top dollar. Uh, right, Moraid is down at the grand parade uh, because there's a the Lord Mayor has organised a solidarity rally. Moraid, how are you?
17: Hi, PJ, how are you? Yes, good. I'm in Bishop Lucy Park at the moment. So we're just waiting for the Lord Mayor, Councillor Cullum Keller Kelleher to arrive. So he's going to lay a wreath here this morning um, or this afternoon now. So, uh, yeah, he's going to lay a wreath. There's, there's a good crowd here. You know, I see a lot of blue and yellow around. So it's really nice to see the people of court coming out in solidarity. And I mean, the story you just said on with the bus there and, you know, what we've been hearing over recent days has just been absolutely amazing.
6: Yeah, there's people gathering stuff all over the place but you and I both know Murray, this is just typical of what Cork does, isn't it?
17: Oh absolutely I mean you know We have a great community here And we, we love helping people So it's it's great to see people Coming out here and, and I suppose the Ukrainian community Feeling comfortable in Cork And that they You know that we want to support them Um. So yeah it's lovely And it's nice to see the crowd here today And it's, it's lovely to, to see the Lord Mayor with, with a lovely gesture Laying a wreath And you know just showing them That we're here for them And we, we stand in solidarity you know
6: So what is the procedure There's a ribbon tying And things like that
17: there is. He hasn't arrived just yet and I'm not entirely sure where the wreath is going to be placed. But uh, there's a nice crowd just when you come in the gate at Bishop Lucy Park from the Grand Parade side. There's a nice crowd there. So um, we'll get some pictures and I'll make sure I pop them into you, PJ, so we can put them up on social media so people can get a real feel for, for what's going on here All right, that's
6: great. That's Maureen Tuig reporting live from Grand Parade where Lord Mayor uh, Colin Kelleher is due to hold a solidarity rally for the people of uh, Ukraine over the next little while, starting at midday. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on
4: Corks 96 FM. With
0: McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie.
2: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?